colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California The views on this show are not necessarily The views of KUCI, UCI or its Board of Regents To learn more about our program or other programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. My name is Ann. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. You can always feel free to reach me through my website, which is OperationCommunityStimulus.com. We have some exciting information that we're going to be sharing with the community today. With um, From Irvine High School, we have the coach, Eric Terry. Terry? Yes. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. I have to tell you, after reading about your program, there's a lot of buzz around town about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exciting for our program, for sure. Well, and I think it's going to really enlighten the lives of a lot of other people. Um, What are the changes? I mean, I I know that you guys are involved with community a lot. I I guess that's kind of what you encourage the boys to get in, your team to get involved in the community, no doubt. Yes, we, we try to find opportunities really I'm always seeking out opportunities to get the boys and uh, the chance to go out and feel what it's like to to be a servant leader that's our whole uh, goal is to teach the concept of servant leadership and it's going to be exciting to see where these um, young men uh, end up at in their lives isn't it <laughs> absolutely we've had a l- lot of great young men go through this program um, and we have a lot who are out there doing some great things in the military um, in the in the teaching profession um, all sorts of community related endeavors when I first moved to California to Irvine 20 some odd years ago that's that's exactly what I did I went to the marine base and and you know what not only did it help them it helped me too Sure, so yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, can you uh, share with the listeners some of the changes that you've seen with the football players that have been involved with your community service events? Well, I think what they end up seeing once they've done an event or two is they end up seeing how much joy that they can bring to another person. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of um, one of those things with the whole servant leadership. They don't really understand the servant leadership con. You know, the concept, if you try to teach it to them in the classroom, they have to go out and live it. And I have some players who've come back, you know, after the fact and tell me, you know, in their teenage words, Coach, that was so cool. You know, I, that was really neat. I was really happy to be a part of that. We went um, just a few weeks ago and did a, uh, a camp with the Blind Children's Center in Tustin. Wow. And, you know, there's um, some kids who are legally blind and some who are um, partially sight impaired. And so we taught them the game of football through feel because obviously they had some sight issues that they they couldn't deal with. And at the uh, end of the day, one of the players comes up to me and says, Coach, I'm really down with working with these blind kids. <laughs> and I said, what does that mean? He goes, he goes and I, you know, of course I'm going down. And he says, no, no, I mean, I really like this. I really, I, I'd like to continue this if we can, coach. And even if I have to do it on my own um, with my family, I, he goes, how do I volunteer? And so those are the kind of things that, that are encouraging, that they want to continue to serve, that they don't feel like they have to serve that they want to serve. Well, I'm excited to, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly where these, these young people need to be. Um, as a coach, do you feel 
it is important to know the players as a person as well as as team you know team players yeah I think it's a, it's kind of an, uh, an an old concept in coaching and, and the, the quote goes something to the effect of um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and I think that that's that's really uh, evident in our community service because I am always at these events as well and some of our assistant coaches are able to make an event here or there and to work side by side with the players so not only are they getting to work side by side with their teammates uh, the coaches are involved at times parents are involved so it's a larger community involvement we really treat our program as a, as a family we really refer to it as a family and so that gets our Irvine football family together and so the the one of the neat rewards is is seeing parents get to know the other kids that their sons are playing football with sure. and they get to see wow my son's really surrounded by a good group of people and that I think as a parent there's a nice comfort level there knowing who your uh, who your son's hanging out with <laughs> hmm. oh absolutely no I think that's great my um, these um, these kids need as much support as they can get don't they they absolutely do yeah. uh, regarding family life do you feel it is important to know about the players family I mean you said that you 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 know why do you feel like that they need to know about you know each other's family I think it's easier um, on my end and, and on our coaching staff end to get the most out of a young man, uh, and not only on the practice field, but to help him become a better person if we know as much about his backstory um, and his family situation as possible. I try to encourage the parents to communicate with me on any issues that they may have uh, to deal with. Yeah. Well, can, can you say if... Um the player didn't have, say, say if one of your players didn't have any food or anything, uh, what would be, you know, how would you approach something like that? Would he feel comfortable coming to you or what? Most of the time it starts with an, uh, a level of uncomfort. They don't want to tell you these things. And then I find out and then I approach the player and try to let them know that, you know, we're here for you, not just to coach you on the field. We're here for you in any, any way that we need to be here for you. I've given players um, money to go out and get some food for lunch we have plenty of food around our <laughs> office you know I, mm -hmm. I, a lot of times if a, if a young man hasn't eaten breakfast and I can tell they're low energy like when we're working out in the morning or during the summer camp practice I keep um, protein bars in my desk that mm -hmm. if either I'm going to eat them or they're going to eat them so I try to identify that but once you break through that initial mm -hmm. comfort zone they start to feel like they can trust you and they start to come to you and, and there's still obviously there's a still a little bit of a of a maybe a macho ego I don't want the coach to know uncomfortable but eventually you break down that wall and and they start to share a lot of, a lot of things with you <laughs> that's amazing you know here in Irvine I mean we need more coaches that that need to, we all need to step up I think and help these young people uh, how do you adopt adapt excuse me how would you adapt this terrible mindset in in you know in the involvement I mean was was this a difficult thing to get the players on board with this I don't think it was so much a difficult thing to get them on board with it I think the um, the issue was 
I had to initially attach uh, some tangibility to it. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, we have the players, they have to do 20 hours of community service to stay in the program, 20 hours a year. So there's that tangibility piece to get them to go to these events. But by the time they've done a couple events, sure. they start to want to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Now, they, they gravitate towards different groups. You know, mm -hmm. we work with the Special Olympics when they're here. We work with the Irvine Junior Games. Um, we've worked with the Blind Children's Center now. We have a big cause, this, uh, uh, this program through the American Football Coaches Association called Coach to Cure uh, Muscular Dystrophy. Mm. It's actually, there's a, a, a disease off of muscular dy dystrophy called Duchenne's disease, and it only affects boys, and they have no cure. And we happen to stumble upon a family in Irvine who has a son who has Duchenne's. And so a lot of our players really gravitated towards wow. Will is the, is the young man's name, and they've really gravitated towards him. And, and so they all find their niche on what they like sure. to do and what they like to serve, and, and you never have a shortage, that's for sure. And then how old is Will? Will is... Uh, what grade is he I in? believe Will is 11, and okay. he's in the fifth grade, mm -hmm. and um, I believe he's up at Stonegate Elementary. Mm -hmm. And Will's family moved here. Uh, about two years ago from back east from Alabama or, or Florida, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, they, I, they reached out to the, the schools in Irvine when they first got here about this program, Coach to Cure, and we immediately got involved. And we've only been involved with them for a year, but we've done two big fundraisers uh, with them already. And, and Will's become an honorary member of our team, and he's got his own jersey that he wears to the games, and it's just a nice um, kind of partnership between Will's family and, and our football program. And they are a football-loving family. They, <laughs> I think Mom and Dad both graduated from the University of Alabama, so football runs deep in the blood of the yeah. Of the family, so that's it's fun. I actually met a young gal uh, once and told me that she sits on the board for that organization. I had sent her some information about you, and she said, "Oh, I sit on the board." So oh, okay, that, great. Small world, huh? It is. It really is. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Well, Irvine is, has got some great. Um, we've got some really awesome programs here. You know, reaching out. Well, could you share with us uh, maybe a little bit about how you got into doing this? Is, is this charity something that you modeled after your family? I mean, your parents. I mean, you just, things come from some for all of us yeah I think um, growing up I think I just always had a desire to be a leader first I mean that was something that it was kind of in my blood um, from my family and once I got into leadership through high school especially and got involved in student government and athletics um, we had some opportunities to do community service mm -hmm. and so that kind of stuck with me and then when I went to college I got I joined a fraternity and we did a lot of community service and so I ended up getting real involved um, in the community service working at soup kitchens I was in I was going to USC so mm -hmm. we would do a lot of work with the soup kitchens in downtown LA and so I've always um, just felt the need to give back. I mean, I think that's probably why I got into education and coaching uh, as a career is the opportunity to have an influence um, on young people on the importance of of finding something that, to do with your life where you're giving back. You know, sure, again, sure. it's a, as a coach, um, one of the greatest of all time, John Wooden, I think one of his quotes was, you can never live a perfect day without doing something for someone who can never repay you. And that quote wow. just mm -hmm. resonates with me because I always, you know, even a little thing, even, even talking to somebody who looks like they're down 
on campus seeing a student for me who looks like they're having a bad day, even if I don't know them, and coming up and you know tapping them on the back and saying, "Hey, how's it going? How are things? How do you like school?" Just trying to trying to be that positive influence on people. That's awesome. When my daughter was at Irvine High School, mm -hmm. I remember right before she started here in Indiana, um, I would always tell my kids, if you're having a rotten day, put a smile on your face. It might brighten up somebody else's and yours as well. That's a, just a great attitude, mm -hmm. and that's, that's mm -hmm. one of those attitudes that we're, I'm trying to get across and, and, and get our guys to understand. So you're a USC guy, huh? I am. I awesome, am. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> now, what about uh, where did you go to high school? Are you from... No, I'm from um, North Central California. I grew up in the ski town of Mammoth Lakes, Mammoth wow. Mountain Ski Area. Uh -huh. So, you know, it's a small town, 5,000 people, and uh, there was a, definitely a sense of community. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to when, you're, when you have a population that small and you're in such a rural area, the sense of community is huge. Yeah. And I've always told people that I like to treat Irvine High School and the surrounding community as this little rural area that just happens to be sitting in suburban, <laughs> you know, Orange County, California. But my whole makeup is we want to treat this like a small town. And that goes back to my predecessor here, um, Terry Hennigan, who was the head football coach for 29 years. He was from a small town in Illinois. Oh. He was from DeKalb, wow. Illinois. And he brought that small town value system mm -hmm. to Irvine High School when he took over as a football coach. So I think mm -hmm. you've got two people who are small town, mm -hmm. rural roots, values people, and that's why um, I wanted to be the person that took over this program for him because I think we shared the same value system. And so that's that's the bigger picture of why we do everything we do as well. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. No, I'm, with, I'm down for that small town stuff also. <laughs> My kids were raised on the dirt roads in Indiana until yeah. we moved to Irvine. <laughs> wow. What a change. I, what a change. I yeah. went from mm -hmm. Mammoth Lakes to USC, so mm -hmm. from this rural mountain mm -hmm. town mm -hmm. to downtown Los mm -hmm. Angeles, and that was, that was a culture shock for me for wow. the first wow. month or so. Wow. No, it, this was uh, this was quite an. And I, I picked Irvine because I went to the city council meeting and I liked what it offered my children. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I moved out here. Back, I think it was 1990 or 1991, and the first day here at Irvine High was it was just a great experience. When I brought my daughter in, they somebody took her around and introduced her. It was it was really it was really a great feeling. So, what about, let's share a little bit about your faith. Uh, do, did, does your faith have any part to do with this program at all? Well, as I've, I didn't grow up in a, in a real faith-filled environment in my family. It wasn't something that was, um, that, was, that was really a part of our life. But I did spend time with my friends, uh, going to churches and youth groups and whatnot. Um, but I, my faith really got strong after I married my wife, who is a uh, cradle Catholic, and she um, she had a strong sense of community because of growing up in the church and doing all the youth groups. So my faith has built over time, and I actually went through the process of RCIA and and am now officially a Catholic. Oh wow! Um, and so that's mm -hmm. that's helped. I mean, that's helped in, in in my personal development. I actually am the advisor on our campus for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So um, I think that's another role model piece that, that I can reach out beyond the football players. You know, there's a bigger audience out there of uh, athletes who are involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So my faith just continues to grow every day. And that's, that's a, it's an exciting 
road for me, mm-hmm. having not had a lot of it as a, as a youngster, mm-hmm. but um, now really feeling like every day my faith grows stronger and stronger. And, and it's great for my own children. You know, I'm, my wife has helped me to realize how important them having a faith background is so that's uh, that's been an exciting journey for our uh, family. I can understand that one. <laughs> I went to a Catholic school until I was in high school, so I think it taught me a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, it's always nice for your children to have something to fall back on to to know that there's a high a higher power out there that we all have to answer to. Absolutely. So, uh, can you share with the listeners maybe how the players responded to your charitable involvement mindset here? Uh, again, I think there was a little bit of a, a hesitancy at first. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't really get it because, the like I said, the, uh, my predecessor, Coach Hennigan, there was a strong sense of values um, and community, but I've taken that sense of community and actually... Um, to be honest with you, we had some pictures in here as we were transitioning of Irvine football working with Special Olympics, and this was back in the in the in the late '80s, early '90s. Mm. But we hadn't done much of that, and I thought, well, this is something that he started to do, and then you know, as things get uh, busy, maybe that fell away a little bit, and so it was kind of something I said, you know, I want to bring that back because I think that's important. Um, and it wasn't something that they were used to, so it was kind of a oh, it's it's just another thing we ha- it's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. We have to lift weights, <laughs> we have to eat right, we have to come to practice, and oh yeah, we have to go do some community service. But like I said, now I think in in kind of the second full year, um, I think they're getting it and they're they're seeking out opportunities because if I can't find enough opportunities for those 20 hours. I allow them to seek out the opportunities as well, Smart. but my only rule is you have to have five other players with you. Mm-hmm. I won't count it unless you have five teammates with you. Wow, that's that, a great. That yeah. way, they mm-hmm. you know that way they can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want them to obviously do these activities, but I want them to understand we do them because um, of the team building that mm-hmm. goes along with it as well. And and it's not just something that they can do on their own. If they're going to go to the recycle center, which always needs help, mm-hmm. take five teammates because now you'll get five times as much work done. <laughs> well, they may have to help me with my projects. <laughs> who never know. That's really awesome. No, I, I can relate to that. When I moved to California and started working with the kids at the Marine Base, Ralph's down here had given us cookies and juice and Domino's sent pizzas, and, and the kids built, I had them taught construction to the kids, and as they built stuff, some of the kids were like, well, the only reason they're here is for the pizza, and I said, it doesn't matter what they're here for. They're here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> doesn't matter but it you know you can that i mean i love it when when you change people's uh you know a lot of us just don't know how you know i wasn't raised doing stuff in the mm-hmm. community my father did but i really didn't do much in the community so i i that's exciting uh what kind of a noticeable difference is there with with you know you said then it's basically just watching the kids they they um you've watched them change noticeably though when they get involved in the community though you've seen a big change in them or? yeah i think the change that i see is the interaction you know, when you mm-hmm. see the way they interact with whoever that we're working with. At the Blind Children's Center, the smile on our guys' faces watching a, a five-year-old blind girl learn how to tackle one of our blocking bags. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and seeing these big, gigantic guys um, just laughing and giggling 
helping this young girl who doesn't know what to do but is having a great time doing it. Or when they put the medals on the athletes at the Special Olympics. I mean, you can just see the guy's eyes light up as they're getting the opportunity to put those medals on. So you can see that they're, you can see that they're touched. You know, you can see that, that, that they understand that they've brought a sense of joy or happiness to another person. And that's, that's where the little light goes off. And, and you can just, you know, you, can, you just can tell by the look in somebody's eyes that they've been touched. And that's, um, those are those moments that, you know, I almost got to walk away because it, it, it almost brings a tear to my eye to see, you know, to see that process happen. What about some of the parents? What kind of feedback have you gotten from the parents from your program? I would say the majority of the feedback has has been um, that they they love the idea. They love the fact that that we're getting their sons and and trying to help them become more than just football players. We're trying to help them become you know great citizens. I always say we want them to leave our program and go out into the world and be great employers or employees, great husbands, great fathers. I really try to do a, a, my best um, to model family, not only for our players, but for um, our, the parents within our program. I, I try to have my own family around as much as possible. Um, and I, I am uh, the, I'm the first person in a crowded room to walk up and give my wife a big hug and a kiss because I want, I want everybody to see that. It's we okay. have a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. I kiss my kids. I mean, I have two daughters, so that makes it easy. But <laughs> I kiss my son. He's seven years old. But I, you know, I kiss him in front of anybody in the world because I want, I want people to see that there's a that the family relationship and it's okay to to express how you feel about your family i hug our players when i get the opportunity you know they don't always you know <laughs> respond to it you have to find the right situation but i you know the end of mm -hmm. the end of our season we we have a, a tradition here where um, we get in a line and we hug every player coaches hug each player and thank them for their contributions the players give each other hugs i mean we want them to realize that you know it to have a family and, the, and then to have this extended Irvine football family, it's got to be based on people who really, truly love each other and are willing to do whatever they can to help each other out. And that's, that's all part of the process as well. So I have had um, nothing but, you know, uh, positive reactions. The only thing that, that I think wears on all of us is football is a very time-consuming thing. And in order to make sure we get the opportunities there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of Saturdays and Sundays throughout the entire year where, you know, I call, call a few players and say, need six guys to go here. It's really important. We got to do this, you know. And the initial reaction sometimes is, oh, I just, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to relax this Saturday. But you always get six, seven, eight guys. We actually had a, uh, a family, um, one of one of the our two teammates, two brothers that play for us, and their mother, a single mother, and they had to move during our toughest time, our two practices a day, fall camp. And it was a Sunday. And we'd all practiced from Monday through Saturday all day long, and we were all exhausted. But we got 25 approximately um, players over various times throughout the day, and parents, and myself, and, and some other coaches, and we got that family moved. Yeah, and wow. it took a lot of people, and we were all tired, <laughs> but you know what? Mm -hmm. we, we knew we needed to 
take care of these family members because single mom and the two boys were not going to get that house moved on their own. And so, the, you know, the, again, that's one of those things. <laughs> now, what about your parents? How do they feel? Do they, uh, are they aware of, of how this program is, has changed so many of the, the, you know, the team players, the, you know, community? Oh, yeah. You know, my dad, um, we had a typical, I think, father-son relationship as I was growing up where there was, you know, some battles, mm-hmm. teenage mm-hmm. son and father, you know, dad was never pleased. I'd have a great football game or basketball game and I'd come home excited and he'd be picking it apart, you know, and and so we had uh, we had those relationship mm-hmm. things and um, now he just, I think he loves the fact that I'm a coach maybe more than I do. Mm-hmm. He just is the, my dad especially is just the, is so proud. He called me at 7 this morning. I was trying to sleep in a little bit because I didn't have class at 8. I didn't have class till 9. And uh, there, sure enough, my phone went off. What happened? What happened with the game? I didn't, I didn't get on the newspaper website, you know. And so, um, yeah, he really enjoys it. He really yes. enjoys it. He, they, they don't live here, but uh, we go up every, every summer. We take a, uh, all of our varsity players and their families up north to um, Arroyo Grande. And they have a little football festival up there at the high school that we that we go to, and that's where my parents live now. Oh, wow. And so my dad will come out and, and kind of just be a fly on the wall, and he just he always tells me he goes, "What you're doing with those kids and that program and that family?" He said that that's just that's just amazing. That you know he just doesn't. He can't. He doesn't have the words to express it, you know. But he's he's very supportive. Well, I have to tell you, this has been a very interesting interview. Sitting here, watching all the activity out your window here, <laughs> a couple of people coming in. It wasn't too bad, or we're going to find out anyway. <laughs> but could you give our listeners maybe some contact information? I know your booster club is obviously behind you with with what you with what you do, and and uh, any way that they could reach out, yeah. either, you know, to to you guys. We have a great booster club. Very active parents, and um, we we try to uh, we try to bring as many people on board as possible. Um, we have a website that's a great website. It's www.irvinefootball.org, um, and on that website, there's all the other contact information for our booster club for me. Um, both phone and email. Um, it's just a great source of information. You also find pictures from the community service that we've done on there. Um, so that's a great way to get to get a hold of us. Is, and if you if you're looking for volunteers, that's a great place to <laughs> to give us a call, and we'll 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 see if we can fit you in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's that's that's there's always a lot of need out there for that as well. Also, so is there anything we've left out that you think might you know be pertinent information? What about your wife? Tell us a little bit about her. Is she a co- too? <laughs> no, she is actually a flight attendant, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that uh, allows for us to have a lot of flexibility and to be able to raise our kids. You know, mm-hmm. we, we made a decision way back when she started um, her career as a flight attendant, and we started, then we started our family. We made the decision to be one of us to be at home as much as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and be, between her flexibility and my inflexibility during football season, uh, we have done it. I think we've we've done a marvelous job of being able to be very very involved in our kids' lives. So, um, and I couldn't do what I do without her support. That's for sure. She's she's my number one fan. I would say, sometimes. 
she gets uh, frustrated <laughs> um, and she'd like to have more of my time, but but uh, she understands it. You know Absolutely. the bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish and what I'm trying to accomplish. No, it's it's not easy taking on this role, and, and I've never heard of a of a coach stepping up to do what you've done, and I think it's it's needed. It really is. We've got too many negative things that we're hearing from other schools that we need that needs to be combated. Absolutely, you have to find the the positive. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm a very big. Um, follower of a of a group called all pro dad which is um which is an organization about staying connected as fathers and, and the nfl is, endorses it and some some very powerful people are involved but uh they had a list of how to be a man of integrity and one of the main ones i saw is make sure you share a positive news story with friends and family every day and mm. don't talk about the negative ones. Mm -hmm. And and that mindset, I think, just kind of goes along with everything we've talked about. Don't focus on the <laughs> negative. Find the positive, mm -hmm. and, and that way you're going you're gonna to enjoy life a lot more. I think there's something positive and negative in every situation. It's up to you to, to determine which one you want to take. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. My and pleasure. you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on the show are not necessarily the views. KUCI, UCI, Ports, Border, Regions. Please I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue.